0: You're listening to the R-Town Reno podcast with KWNK 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. Taisa Lichenko has a lot to deal with. With the war in her native country of Ukraine and here in Reno, she's an academic focusing on attention. She's also dealing with an affordability crisis, hitting grad students particularly hard. For Thaisa, though, she's always had to have two or three jobs since coming out of child protective services after a difficult immigrant childhood. One of her jobs she currently works at to pay her bills as she moves closer towards a doctorate degree at the Cognitive Brain Sciences Program at UNR is being a go-go dancer. In this interview with Our Town Reno reporter Kinkini Sengupta, she talks candidly about Reno nights as well as her own journey. I'm your host, Nico Columbus, the coordinator of Our Town, Reno, which includes this podcast. First, a word from our sponsor and then back to our episode with Thaisa Lichenko. Welcome. Hello.
1: We are the Reynolds Media Lab.
2: Media Lab.
1: Podcasts.
2: Client services.
0: Special projects. Documentaries.
2: We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of, of Journalism. journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab.
1: Welcome. This is a podcast for Our Town Reno, and we have with us Taisa Lichenko. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me.
2: Um, So, tell us about yourself, Taisa. What do you do? Uh, Right now, I have um, three roles that I uh, I fill. Um, My first one and my main role is as a research assistant um, in the cognitive brain sciences at the University of Nevada, Reno. And I work for uh, Dr. Gideon Kaplovitz and my main area of study is um, uh, inattention. And I study the way we pay attention to objects. My uh, other job is uh, with the Graduate Student Association. I've been lucky to be a part of it for the last uh, four years, so my full graduate career. And uh, this um, academic year, I serve as the internal vice president, overlooking all of our uh, team members on uh, council. And my final job is um, on uh, weekends. I work um, for a um, uh, for an ent- entertainment uh, production company called uh, BLV. And I do uh, go go dancing. So basically, um, it's um, we do, um, they set us up on uh, podiums uh, right next to the DJ, and uh, we get to do backup dancing. So, kind of hiking, uh, hyping up the uh, crowd in the nightclubs um, to make sure that they're having a good time. Wow, that's amazing. That's like having three different personalities
1: for uh, three different kinds mm-hmm. of. Um, People or audience or uh, I don't know maybe um, three different kinds of sects of people you you work with. So um, tell me about your um, about yourself, your childhood. Uh, what what prompted you to come to uh, UNR to study here, and a bit of the the go-go dancing, which we'll obviously get to.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. A lot of my jobs tend to have very different roles. Um, my, I have kind of an academic life, and then I also have um, my life, uh, my personal life outside of it. And um, it's interesting that for the most part, I try to keep them fairly separate, but of course they do overlap, and uh, we will get to that um, in a bit. But uh, my childhood was a little odd because um, like most immigrants, I came here, um, uh, I came here younger. So I was about nine years old, which was um, an easy way for me to assimilate into the culture, to learn the language, and um, to kind of speak without an accent. And that plays a role because when I was growing up, my dad was really big on um, my uh, kind of to give some background. Um, My father was the first one to move to the United States, and uh, he had a job opportunity in New York. And about five years later, uh, he brought out uh, my sister. So uh, she is four years older than me, um, and uh, she lived in the United States with him for about a year prior to him um, getting uh, me out here. But uh, that was the extent of our family at the time. So it was just uh, my dad, my sister, and I, and uh, my dad was really big on um, making sure that we fit in and we don't look like we're immigrants. And um, we came from uh, Ukraine, Kiev, Ukraine. And he really wanted to make sure that we don't stand out among um, other individuals uh, in America. So we really blend in and nobody could tell that we're from there. So um, growing up was a little difficult because my dad was a very, um, he was a very, authentic Russian man. So for him, um, it's his word inside the house and nothing else uh, mattered. So uh, he had this saying uh, while we were growing up that uh, children are better seen and not heard. So many times we did not get to share our opinion, no matter what it was, or even if it uh, contradicted his. So um, after a while, his, uh, our life in the house became kind of difficult. And he was a very emotionally and physically uh, abusive man. So um, we did not, my sister and I did not get to live with him for very long. Um, when she was, so she came here when she was 12. And at 16, she got emancipated out of the house. And then um, when I, I came here when I was nine and at 16, I also got taken out of the house um, by Child Protective Services. And um, I lived in a group home at the time for about six months uh, while we were getting the process uh, for my sister to adopt me. So I was, uh, um, it was an interesting time, but it really taught me that no matter how scary a situation may seem, that you can get out of it. And um, there is ways of progressing and moving forward and um, it was nice that my sister basically when she adopted me at 17 she raised me for that final year and she helped me to calm down emotionally and she was my biggest support system um, through uh, growing up and just realizing that I am my own human that I get to make my own decisions and I get to be the final sayer in my life and I didn't have to do what other people, you know, what other people's opinion of me was. I could create my own sense of self and I could raise um and I could make my own decisions and I should be proud of those decisions and not constantly question whether or not I'm doing the right the right thing. But um and Just to kind of sum everything up, um, my sister lived in Reno. So that was one of the reasons why I came to Reno and I got uh, fostered out of Sacramento. So um, it was quite a drastic move for me because I spent a lot of my American childhood in Sacramento and moving to Reno uh, with her, it allowed me to pass my year of residency. And because I was in foster care, it gave me the opportunity to go to college. So um, if I did not have that chance, then I would have never been able to afford it. And um, I started at TMCC my first two years there, my first three years there. Um, and uh, then I transferred out to UNR. And when I transferred here, the exciting part was that the neuroscience program here was just up and, um, uh, up and coming. And uh, at the time, my academic advisor said, you know, if you're interested in possibly a medical school route or continuing with psychology, which was my major, um, they advised me to look into the neuroscience program. And um, they also advised me to join a lab, which uh, I did at the time. And luckily, it was the same lab that I'm now a graduate student in. So I've been here for a solid about eight years and I couldn't be happier and just by sheer luck my advisor had a graduate position so once I graduated with my undergraduate degree um, he invited me to join the lab as a graduate student and that kind of brings me to what my professional role was here. I'm really looking forward to that research post and um, getting the mentorship experience from uh, various professors. I think, especially in the field of attention, as it turns out, I am in exactly the kind of field that I love and attention is at the heart of everything we do, the way we pay attention to anything. I mean, that's the number one way we communicate with the world around us. So I am really fortunate and passionate about my topic and I want to continue it in the future. Um, speaking of attention
1: how did go-go dancing get your attention
2: I that's a fantastic question Um, I when I was growing up so this is before I moved to the states uh, my mom while my dad was always focused on academics my mom was always focused on creativity and just being able to to express yourself in a different way and um, when we my sister and I were little my mom um, enrolled us in dancing classes so at the time we did everything from gymnastics to ballet um, and we absolutely loved it but when I moved to the states my dad was academically focused so we did absolutely nothing um, related to performance so when I um, started when I grew up, and uh, one of my you know initial jobs within the Reno area it was bartending. So once I got into bartending, I transitioned to working in um, as a bartender in a cocktail at uh, the local um, nightclubs. And I loved being around music and dancing so much that I foresaw myself as eventually transitioning out of the bartending and cocktail serving into the dancing role because I saw something, a part of it. When I'm up there on the podium, I honestly, for the most part, I close my eyes and nothing in the world exists except for the music and myself. And I just get to express myself and be free. And it just, it feels so beautiful and serene. And especially when the DJ has the music just right, I you just see the biggest smile on my face and I'm just like that's I live for that I love it and it's my four hour shift goes by like nothing happened and I I get to leave and it's like a workout plus I got to do exactly what my soul just really wanted to for the week it's my stress relief
1: on that note we'll take a short break and we will be back soon don't go anywhere we are talking to Thaisa Lichenko and there is a lot more coming up
0: This is Katherine Schofield, coming to you from the studios of the Reynolds School of Journalism. Did you know Our Town Reno now has a TikTok? We do humans of Reno, places of Reno, as well as street interviews on controversial topics. Find us at Our Town Reno on TikTok for new, interesting content about the biggest little city. Now back to this week's Our Town Reno podcast episode.
1: Welcome back. We are talking to Thaisa and let's hear more on what she has to say about how um, how she gets liberated in terms of what she does when she is go-go dancing. Um, tell us more, Taiza. Um, you said go-go dancing. It's it's from what I get from what you're saying is it liberates you. The music, the kind of atmosphere, plus the workout so um, what motivated you like of course you said your mom she was uh, very creative she was very very supportive of what uh, you, uh, you all did as a child so that kind of maybe had uh, a kind of thought in your mind that this is where you could go when you grow up so of course that motivated you but what other than this keeps you going when you're at gogo
2: dancing i think it's the it's the fantasy and the um, how would I say it when you're up there and you're in a costume and especially for any kind of theme nights you get to dress up as as a whole different person as um as an avatar as some as somebody else and you get to be up on that stage or that platform and you get to really really connect yourself to this this other you know, other personality that you, you know, you may not express in your academic or your professional life. And um, in many ways, it's when I was bartending and cocktail serving and looking at the dancers up there, I always thought it would be so amazing to do that myself. I would love to be up there. But for many years, I was so shy about it because I'm like, I don't know when you, alongside of being up there and looked up to, you're also looked down on in many ways because again, as a as a go-go, you're most of the time your outfits are not are pretty minimal. So um you're you're up there and you're dancing and it's supposed to be about sex appeal and it's supposed to be um this kind of primal in in many ways. And um you do have people in the audience that, you know, either start a competition with you. So sometimes you'll get uh somebody that they can outdance you, or they can, you know, they make it seem like they're like, you know, you think you're so great up there, but uh, look at me, I'm, you know, equally as good. And in in that sense, you have to have a sort of confidence about yourself to say, you know, it, this isn't about about me necessarily. This isn't about you necessarily. This is about um, this is my job. Um, I get up here and I do a performance and. Um, I, you know, hype up the crowd. I make sure that they're having a good time, and um, if they're, if I'm dancing, then everybody else down below also feels like they're, you know, they're not so shy about dancing either and coming, jo- uh, coming and joining in the party because that's what nightclubs are about. They're they're there to promote this good time and. Uh, So along with the goods, you also get the bads. And it took me a while to really work up the confidence to get up there and say, you know, I'll take the goods with the bads and I'll just run with it. And I know when I'm up there that, you know, it it is about the dancing. It is about the performance. But it's also about just confidence. How long have you been doing this? I have been dancing since uh, this was uh, December 2019. And I started right, uh, right before, uh, COVID hit. So, um, unfortunately in, um, March of 2020, everything shut down. So a lot of these business casinos weren't opening up, definitely no nightclubs. So there was a break in between, um, and over time, um, there was actually Lake Tahoe. Uh, so for summer of 2020, um, they, uh, they were okay with doing some promotions. So, I was also up there to uh, not serve alcohol, but just promote a good time among um, their... uh, They set up these get-togethers for all of their uh, VIPs. So a lot of times you can also, uh, as an entertainer, you kind of go around and you're making sure everybody's having a good time. You take pictures with everybody. So that was happening during uh, summer of 2020. And then uh, as soon as casinos started opening up, we're um, we're back in business, basically. So um, I yeah. Tell me something. Does it have
1: implications on the academic work that you're pursuing or you want to do in the future? And does it bother you at times if you, do you think about these things at all?
2: I do. Um, I, I love it because right now it's, it's kind of nice. I spend my weekdays working in my, um, in my research lab and working in GSA um and I spend my weekends you know doing that do those two worlds collide right now not so much um have I seen any of my you know I'm since I'm in a teaching role like have I seen any of my students I'm sure they've they've seen me there um so I always it is in the back of my head you know what will my student think if they come in and they see me you know up there um but I also think that I shouldn't be judged on the fact that I'm up there so if you if if seeing me up there somehow undermines what i know or what i teach in the classes then there is something wrong with the system that's it's, it's this shouldn't be the way and nobody should be judged judged on that and a lot of it is just appearance and the most it's not necessarily the fact that i'm dancing up there it's the fact that i'm dancing up there in in limited amount of clothing that is usually what the question is And um, with my professional life, if anybody ever... I don't go out of my way to kind of bring that up or talk about it openly, but if anybody ever asks me questions about it, I will 100% honestly answer to them, like, this is what I do on the weekend. And again, if they are there to judge me, then, you know, it is what it is, and I just have to roll with the punches, and that's expected. Um, As for the future, um, I... I at least foresee this during my academic career um, here, uh, as part of my graduate career. Um, in the future, uh, one thing about nightlife industry is it's it's harsh, as especially for uh, women as they grow older, because you'll you'll be judged based on the fact that you're you know you're you look like you're X amount of years old and you're still doing this sort of a thing. But. Um, For now, for the foreseeable future, I see this through my grad career, so for about another year, year and a half. Um, After that, if um, moving for postdoc, I'll I'll see if there's, I don't have any concrete plans. If there are nightclubs, I will think about it. I mean, will I want to do this forever? I don't know. But I know that getting up there and performing now is just something that I really enjoy. So I'm not undermining, or I'm not taking that back (laughs) for now. Um do you
1: remember any other family member or anybody else do you um know um who kind of inspired you into doing this or taking this up?
2: I would say, um definitely my sister um uh, my my father would does not know, would never approve, and uh, he would have many things to say about this. Luckily, we don't talk, so I don't get his opinion on that. um my mother. Knows and tries hard not to judge me, um, but I also don't go out of my way to show her pictures of what my weekend outfits look like. Um, my mother and a lot of my family members, they're old school Russians, so this isn't necessarily something that they would fully support. They would, they would see this and they would say, you know, um, I am presenting myself in a light that others should not see, be seeing me in. Um, versus my sister, although she's never done anything like this, um I think in many ways she sees it as as courage. It takes a lot of courage to get up there and to do this and um, not to consider what other peoples think what other people think of you. So she does support me fully. And she said, you know, yeah, if I ever had the courage to do it, I might consider it. But would I ever get up there? Probably no. So um, while she's supportive, I also know that she knows that this is not for her. And uh, the way I kind of look at it is not, not everybody can do it. And it's not because they don't have the courage. It's just because that's not what they want to do. And, you know, for them, they made that decision. And for me, I made mine.
1: Would you fear that there'll be questions after this? Of course, I get inspired by you always. Women like you, women like me, we are going to get inspired more and more in terms of how you manage time, how you are so bold, so courageous to kind of smash patriarchy from because from of where the society is going and where we come from. Not necessarily American societies, but you said Russian societies. I come from an Indian society. I know how it works. But... um, what about the questions if it comes up later on and you have to answer them i know you're you are courageous you are going to handle them very 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 in a very smart way but i still want to know how you would tackle them
2: yeah um i would say for one one question at a time i i'm sure that things will come up uh, from here Um, I know at first especially with my uh, media pages I was a little hesitant to share them at least among GSA members to begin with because I'm like I know part of my job for this entertainment company is promoting myself so it's like saying like I will be here this weekend you know come have a good time and a party Um, and um, I know that that would have to come out and be public eventually. And again, somebody can walk into the club and see me. So uh, I know the questions will come. And my biggest, I guess, ask would be for people to be as open-minded as possible and about this, because a lot of the girls that I work with, they're, um, this is is not their main job. Like this is a side job that they do. Many of them actually for this specific company, they've worked there for, for years. They have... Um, for BLV, they have uh, sword swallowers, for example. They have uh, aerial artists. They have um, quite a few different skill sets that they bring. People even walking on stilts. And it creates this atmosphere of that fantasy that I was talking about, of that fun, of like, this is so cool. Somebody's walking around on stilts, you know, as um, as this character. And it really puts you into into the environment of like this is a fun evening, you can let go and you don't you can de stress and you don't have to be formal at all times. So I just ask everybody, please be open minded. That a lot of these girls, they, they have, they have other skill sets that they may not be presenting up on stage and don't judge them too harshly right from the start. But, you know, accept that this may not be for you, but this is what they enjoy doing. How
1: do you manage time, if you could just explain a little bit of that to me and for all the people who are hearing, because that's something they'd love to know. I love that question.
2: Um, It is hard. And let me tell you, when I wake up on that Sunday morning after working for the night, um, it is hard to wake up and to really face the fact that I still have my regular research and job uh, or academic uh, responsibilities to attend to. But um, a lot of it actually comes down to lack of sleep um, and uh, a lot of coffee. That is how I live. and But that is a choice that I made for myself. So since I was uh, 17, I've had um, two to three jobs at all times.
1: Um, how do you feel that the Reno um, people or the Reno population views or treats go-go dancing or the adult industry in general?
2: Um, yes. So... In academia, um, it's, they're so far removed from one another um, versus uh, I've worked in the nightlife industry as a bartender cocktail server since uh, roughly about 2014. Um, that there, I would say, I guess you have kind of two sets of groups, one that n- that lives in this and this is what their life is about. And the second one is academic and professional, which they will never step foot in a nightclub or um, you know, any kind of adult entertainment place uh, in a Reno area. And those two worlds really don't collide. Um so it's a lot of it is also education to say that, hey, um, you know, I do work as a go go. Ask me some questions. What what do you think the job is and let me tell you what it actually is, because I feel like um, especially for go-go dancing, you get um, kind of this representation that it's really no different than the real adult industry, and it's a night and day difference. So it's it's really you know it's having those conversations, and that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to go on record now is to explain what what that's like and the fact that you. You know, in, in academia and professional life, you, you don't really share that part of you because, again, you'll, you'll have that stigma behind you like, oh, okay, well, now I can't take this person seriously. And that's something that I want to break is like no, nobody should be judged on their, you know, on their personal life, like uh, not that kind of personal life. They should never be judged like that, and that should never undermine what they know what their credentials are, what kind of education they finished or anything like that.
1: That's an amazing statement you're making, Taiza, And I hope that many others who listen to this is, is, uh, is able to get the statement that you're kind of making here. And um, on that note, I would just like to say, is there anything else you would want to share with us in terms of this interview or in terms of talking to those hundreds of girls who would want to take up uh, go-go dancing as well as be extremely good in their career like you are?
2: I would say if you're going to pick a um, a company, uh, an entertainment company to work for, do your research, really study them. How long have they been in business? What kind of, uh, you know, if it happens to, it's similar to like an academic job. If you want an academic job, um, go, go contact, you know, your graduate students, go contact the faculty, really find out what the environment is like. Don't, ever sign up for something that um, seems too good to be true because most of the time it is and um, go out really do your research is this the company that you want to work for do they pay you on time what are your hours what are the rules regarding you know um, unwanted contact or unwanted um, uh, unwanted comments or something like that really do your research on the company before you sign up and sign anything and make sure that that company has a contract that you can read through at all times so don't just automatically you know go for the first thing really find out like an academic job is this a good fit for you if you're even considering it but also know that you know the hours are long so um it will get tiring after a while and again this might not be a position for everybody but do your research i just beg you please do your research before you sign up
1: Thank you so much, Thaisa, for talking to me. This was great.
0: Thank you for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at Town, Reno at OurTownReno.com, and on Instagram at BiggestLittleStreets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out.